Amen. Our God is the God of the new. God is making all things new. I, I tell you, I love being in a new year. I love the excitement of starting a new year. I love spring when it feels like everything is new and fresh. There's just something about it. And you know, some of you, you came in this morning and you're needing a new start. You're needing things to be a little bit different. Maybe 2019 was a tough year for you. I really do believe, it's been a while since I've been as excited about a new year as I am this year. I'm excited to see what God is going to do. And I want you to know that not only me, but our team, we pray for you weekly, each and every one of you. We pray for you. We pray that God is working in your life and God is moving in your life and that he is doing something significant. And I've been praying for this year to be the best year of your life. And I've said this uh, several times in the sermon last week and I've already said it once this morning, but I really want you to catch this idea. It can be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually. If you really kind of say, you know what, this year I'm going to, I'm going to take time to get closer to God. You know, we're in, the, we're in the middle, we're uh, in day eight of a 21-day fast, for those of you that are fasting and praying with us. And if you're not, you can get on board with that. But there's something powerful about that. Because, you know, I know with what I'm fasting, every time I feel that urge, that desire for this thing that I'm fasting, there's, there's a part of me that says, God, you're all I need. And all I really want to do is get closer to you. I want to know you better. I want to go deeper with you. This is a year of going deeper. And it's also a year, I've mentioned this last week, of clarity. That's the word that God has spoken to me. This is going to be a year of clarity where you start to see things clearer. You start to be able to uh, focus in and, and, and really kind of bring a laser-sharp clarity to the things God is speaking to your life and the directions that he's moving you. I believe that for some of you, I'm speaking prophetically, I believe that some of you are going to hear so much clearer from the Holy Spirit. He's going to be speaking things to your heart, and you're going to have a new courage to speak those things out to share those. I think you'll be talking with somebody and God will give you a word for them that will be the word that is a life-changing moment for them. Amen. Do you receive that? And so I just believe that God is getting ready to do something. You know, we see all over our country, I think completely nowhere near my notes, right? None of this was planned. But I I just want to say this because I think it's important. I believe that in this year, we're going to see some amazing things happen. You know, right now, with all the stuff that's happening in Iran, and I'm going to stay out of the political aspect of this and just comment on the situation. Do you know that in the midst of all the turmoil and all the stuff that's happening, there is a huge revival happening in Iran right now? There are Christians who are rising up. And you know what? I believe that's remarkable in itself, but I also think it's going to significantly impact a holy jealousy in us to say, I want that. I want God to rise up in our country. I want God to rise up in our household. I want God to rise up in my relationships. I want God to rise up in my finances. I want God to rise up in the way I see myself, in the way I carry myself in the world. How many of you are with me? We want God to rise up. And so that's what I'm believing about this new year. And there's an excitement in me, and I hope it's in you as well. We are in week two of our series called Brand New. And last week we talked about the idea that God isn't looking to come into your life and just spruce it up a little bit. 
you know, I'm going to plant some flowers. We'll maybe throw a new coat of paint on here and, you know, call it new and improved you. No, God doesn't want to come in and improve the old you. The Bible says that he's making all things new. That's his desire, new. Let me ask you a question if we get started. Have you ever said any of these things? Have you ever said any of this? Something like, you know what, I'm just completely fried. I am so tired. I'm only one person. I can't make a difference. I, I know God said that he'll handle everything, but it just feels like it's being piled on. I don't think I can go on. All this stuff is too much for me. Now, I would think that probably all of us have said some of those things at one point or another. And see, I believe that our words, the things that we speak, are self-fulfilling prophecies. In other words, we become the very things that we speak about ourselves. And if that's true, and I believe it is, then we have to be very careful with our attitude. We have to be very careful with our words. There's power in your words. Amen? Now, today, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about how can we change our attitude. Because I think that the biggest battle that most of us fight is right here. (laughs) It's between our ears. It's the battle of the mind. And I believe that as we're making our way into this brand new year, that God has a deep desire to renew our attitudes, to revolutionize our minds and change the way we think. If you've been around Coast very long at all, you've heard me say this, you will never change your life until you change the way you think. Yeah, see, those, are the, those of you that have been around, you know that one. You will never change. Let me say it again, because I really want you to get this. You will never change your life. In other words, those things in your life that you want to see different, those places where you go, you know what, this is not what I want to see happening in my life. Those desires of, of the goals that you want to accomplish and all those things, none of that's going to happen until you start to change the way you think. You can't go into the new with the same old attitude, right? You won't get different results thinking the same way. You have to say, God, I want you to come in and I want to have the attitude that you want me to have in my life. In Philippians Uh, Chapter 2, verse 5, it really addresses this, and it says, it says, your your what? Your attitude should be the same as that of who? Christ Jesus, right? Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. Now, let's just take a second and personalize that. Let's say it like this, my attitude. Everybody say, my attitude. My attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but in humility he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a man and becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. You know what I love about this? If you look at the life of Jesus if, if you look at what he endured on the cross and how he lived his life and all the stuff that he went through, one thing that you will notice is that he never complained. Never once. Don't believe me? Read the accounts of Jesus in the gospel. You can look through every scripture in the New Testament and you will never find an example of Jesus with a bad attitude. Jesus didn't wake up with a bad hair day. He didn't wake up you know, on the wrong side of the bed. No, he was who he was, and he walked with that kind of attitude. And as I read the Bible, it tells me that I'm supposed to have the same attitude as Jesus. 
Now that word attitude is a very interesting uh, word in the original Greek language. It's the word phroneo. Phroneo. Can you say that? Phroneo. And that word means, it's translated, of course, as attitude, but also to exercise the mind, to have a strong opinion, to be mentally decided. Our decisions, our thought processes, our mental state of mind, our attitude should be like that of Christ Jesus. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this before, but my wife Vicki, who, by the way, you guys can be praying for her. She's struggling too. She's been sick this week, and uh, and I've been staying away from her because I'm getting ready to go on a trip, and I don't want to don't want to get sick either. And so we're just by faith believing she's she's getting better. But I don't know if I've ever told you, Vicki is afraid of roaches. Now, now that may be just putting it mildly. She's scared to death of them. I mean, she just, it's not that she doesn't like them. They freak her out. And if a, if a roach shows up in our house, she is going for higher ground. She's climbing something, right? And so sometimes we'll be in the house and I'll hear, Robert! Right? And she'll be standing on something. And I'll go, what? She says, there. Right? It's a, it's a roach. Right? And so it freaks her out. Now, it doesn't freak me out because I grew up in Florida. Come on, somebody. You, gotta, you grew up in Florida. You know we get roaches. That's just a part of life. It doesn't matter how clean you have your house and how dirty your house. You're going to have roaches from time to time. And so, you know, I go up and take care of it. But see, to her, it's a big deal. And I think it's kind of a reflection of what a lot of us do in life. We take something that really isn't that big a deal, but we make it a big deal. We take something slightly negative and we turn it into a big battle in our minds. Anybody here ever overthink things? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of hands went up on that one, right? And it's true. And sometimes the more you dwell on something, the bigger it gets. You think about it, it just starts to, you know, oh man, it just starts to grow. When I, when I was a kid, we had, you know, I grew up uh, in our household. You had to eat everything that was put on your plate. You remember? My sister's here. Yeah, we, we had to eat everything that was put on our plate. And for some reason, I think most everybody in my family liked boiled cabbage, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, so I never wanted boiled cabbage on my plate, but you had to eat the food that was presented, right? And so we'd get boiled cabbage. And I remember one time, man, that boiled cabbage was there. And I was just, I was being stubborn. I was not going to eat that stuff, right? And so I'm sitting there and mom says, don't you get up from that table? My stepfather gave me the look. You know, I was like, okay, yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm not getting up and I'm looking at the cabbage. So finally, I decide. And by the time I finally decide that I'm going to eat it, it's already cold, right? So, I mean, you know, hot cabbage is bad, but cold cabbage was worse. And so I get that cabbage in my mouth, and you start to chew on it. You know what happens? It starts to get bigger. It seems like it just gets, it seems like your mouth just starts to become encompassed with cabbage. And it was just terrible. And see, a lot of us, that's the way our thought process works in our mind. We start to think about something, and the more we think about it, the bigger it gets. And the more, if it's a negative thought, that negative thought starts to just grow and be a part of us. And so a simple thought can turn into worry and negativity and doubt and fear, whatever, right? And yet, spiritually, the Bible, Scripture tells us that that's not to be our attitude, that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Our phreneo, our, our thought process, our decisions should be just like Jesus would make. So what we're going to do today 
is we're going to let God do a supernatural work in our heart. How many of you know God's a supernatural God? He is. So we're going to let him renew our minds. Amen, everybody? Renew our minds. Now, in order to help us really understand just how much of an overhaul we need in this area, we need to take a second and talk about the areas where we find ourselves thinking negatively. And the truth is, most of us battle with negativity in different areas. And what I want to do this morning is I want to challenge you to be very, very honest. All right? Very, very honest. Everybody look at me. Very, very honest. (laughs) I want you to be very, very open. I want you to take off the religious face and put on the truthful face. And let's own up to the areas of negativity. And I want to give you five different areas, all right? Five different areas of negativity. And I want you to identify which one. It may be one, maybe two, maybe three. Maybe you've felt it in all of them, all right? But if it's you, I want you to be able to own up to it. Now, the first one is personal negativity. Personal negativity. If you're taking notes, you can write that down in the blank. That's when we are negative about the things concerning ourselves. You ever get down on yourself? You ever get really hard on yourself? Yeah, you may have had thoughts like this. You know what? Man, I just don't have what it takes. I can't cut it. You know, no matter how hard I try, things just don't work out for me. I mean, it looks like it works out for everybody else, but it doesn't work out for me. Everybody else gets all the breaks, and I don't. I don't know why it seems to be so hard for me. Or maybe you said something like this, nobody appreciates me. No one appreciates the things I do. I just go and go and go and I give and I give and I give and nobody appreciates me. Nobody knows how valuable I am. For some of us, personal negativity may have to do with our physical appearance. It's like, you know, Man, I don't know. My clothes seem to be shrinking. That's why I don't know what's happening. You know, I just I don't feel like I look good in anything. And I was, oh, and we just have this negative thing about our physical appearance. You know, if I could just take some of this and move it over here, you know, that sort of thing. Guys will say something like, "Man, if I could get the hair on my head to grow as fast as it does in my ears, man, now we're getting somewhere, right?" You know, and so you're just being hard. If I could just get an extreme makeover, then I would be happy. How many of you are honest enough to say, yeah, personal negativity, that's the area that I battle in. That's the place where I struggle. Man, that's, I, I'm very hard on myself and my thoughts. If that's you, I want you to be very, very honest right now and just raise your hand. Hold them up. Don't hold back on me. If that's you, then hold them up. All right, go ahead and put your hands down. And thank you so much for your honesty. I know that's, that's a courageous thing to do. All right, the next area of negativity I want to talk about is relational negativity. We're negative about our relationships. You know, you know, Robert, every time I trust somebody, every time I just reach out and start to trust somebody, I get burned. It just, it just, it just you know, people. Or, or, or men, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them, right? They're just all the same. Or, you know, uh, uh, I, I wish my wife... I wish my wife was more like so-and-so. Or, you know, I wish my husband was different. You know, if I have to reach down and pick up another pair of his dirty underwear, I am just going to throw up everywhere, right? (laughs) He'll never change. She'll never change. They're all the same. Maybe your negative uh, relational negativity has to do with work. You know what? My boss, my boss is a jerk. I can't stand working for him or her right? And all the people, they're just nuts. I can't stand any of them. Maybe your negativity has to do with your family. Robert, my family is crazy. When we all get together, oh my gosh, man, I don't, I don't want to be around all those crazy people. Relational negativity, all right? 
How many of you would be honest enough to say, Robert, that's an area that I struggle with, relational negativity. Can I see your hands? Not as many as the first time, but still quite a few. All right, put your hands down. Third area of negativity is we'll call circumstantial negativity. Circumstantial. We're negative because of circumstances. Oh, if I was only married, then I'd be happy. Another person say, if I was married to somebody else, then I'd be happy, right? If only we had kids. If we could just have kids, then we'd be happy. Or if only we had different kids, then it would be, you know. If I had a job, if I had more money, if we had that house, if I had a car that worked, you know, circumstantial negativity. I'll never get out of debt. You know, life's not fair. How many of you would say, yeah, Robert, circumstantial negativity, my circumstances causes me to be negative at times. Can I see your hands? Yeah, a lot of hands, a lot of hands up. All right. Uh, Spiritual negativity. That's the next one. Spiritual negativity. Why is it that God answers everybody else's prayers but not mine? When I pray, nothing seems to happen. And people will tell me all the time, you know, God spoke this to me. You know, God said so and so and so and so. And, and I'm going, well, why isn't God speaking to me? I mean, when I try and pray and I listen for God to speak to me, it's like crickets. You know, nothing. Right? Or, or people say, you know, Christians, they're just the worst. They're just the worst. Man, it's just terrible. Never do business with Christians. Some of you, you've got negative uh, negativity, spiritual negativity towards churches. And every time you're in church, you just criticize it up one, one side and down the other. Why? Because there's no church in town that lives up to your standards. You have the gift of criticism. <laughs> spiritual negativity. And uh, how come I can't get close to God? No matter how hard I try, I just can't seem to, to get there. Those of you that would say, yeah, spiritual negativity is something I struggle with. Can I just see your hands? A few of you. Yeah, thank you for being honest. All right, appreciate that. All right, and then I added a category, which I think is important. This is kind of a catch-all category. We'll call it nitpicky negativity. <laughs> That's nitpicky. You probably had something like this happen to you. You're driving along. You're on a two-lane road. You know, you got one lane going one way and one way going the other way. And you just get behind that person who is in no hurry whatsoever. You know what I'm talking about. They're just driving slow. They're like 10, 15 miles under the speed limit. And you're just sitting there and you're wanting to ride on their bumper. You're wanting to honk on your horn. You may not cuss, but you want to. Right? You know what I'm talking about? It's just like making you crazy. Nitpicky negativity. Why is it that every time I have to make a tech call, I can't get somebody who speaks English? Nitpicky negativity. All right? I don't, I, I don't know why I don't know why I can't get my hair to do right. My hair just like always looks like my head exploded. What's going on? You, yeah, Mark. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. You know, my phone. My phone is messed up all the time. I mean, sometimes it won't even ring. It'll go straight to voicemail, or I'll be talking to somebody and it'll be right at the important part, and it'll just drop the call. Nitpicky negativity. How many of you would say, man, that's it, that's the one, nitpicky negativity, that's my thing? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's all five of them, but I should have put out a sixth one. The sixth one, we would call it extreme negativity. And this is for the people that are so negative that they're saying, I don't care what he says, I am not raising my hand. (laughs) That's extreme negativity. And I just want to say, I've been looking, so I know who you are. 
And I'm thinking about you. <laughs> right? I just want you to know that. All right, so let's be honest. How many of you raised your hands once or twice? Can I just see your hands? Wow, yeah, yeah, a lot of us, all right? How many of you would say, I raised my hands three or four times? Quite a few there, too. How many of you would say, how many of you say, I did it, all five. I raised my hands, all five. Yeah, for those of you, there's no help. I'm sorry, man, God can't even help you with that. You're just way too negative. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Because I think if we're going to be honest, if we're going to be truthful, probably all of us at one time or another, we're probably at a point where we could have raised our hands at all five of those things. And I think it's probably true of all of us. So for us today, the very first thing is before we can defeat something, we have to identify that it's there, all right? And today we're identifying that there's areas of negativity in our life that God, through His Holy Spirit, wants to come in and bring His healing to, all right? And I believe that the presence of God is going to come into those five areas, wherever you're dealing with that in your life, and He wants to start to bring healing to you so that you're not constantly walking around in that negativity, all right? And and I'm going to tell you something. This is a place where God's really worked in my life. The Bible says that our phreneo, our attitude, should be the same as Christ Jesus. I believe that there's people who wake up and they just decide they're going to be miserable. You know what I'm talking about? They just decide, man, I'm going to be angry. I'm just angry. I just feel angry, right? Woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and man, nobody better get in my way today. Ain't no amount of coffee going to get me past this one, right? Or we wake up and we're just frustrated. What do we need? We need an attitude check. We do. We need an attitude check because the truth is you will find what you're looking for. If you're looking for something to gripe about, man, there's all kinds of things to be upset about. If you're looking for something to be angry about, if you're looking for something to be fussy about, there's all kinds of things. You will find them. But if you're looking to find God at work, if you're looking to find the power of the Holy Spirit transforming lives, the goodness of God that the band sang about, you know, if you're looking for His blessings every single day, you will find them as well. Two birds, a vulture and a hummingbird. All right? What does a vulture find? A vulture finds dead things, right? Correct? Yeah, all right. What does a, what does a hummingbird find, right? Hummingbird finds flower and nectar and sweet things, right? Why do they find these things? Because you find what you're looking for. You find what you're looking for. If you want to find dead things in your life, if you want to find negative things, if you want to find things to whine about and complain about, you'll find them. If you want to find God's presence, if you want to find His goodness, if you want to find His overcoming power, You'll find that as well. It's there for you. But it all starts here. It starts in what are you looking for? What are you looking for? If you're looking for a life that's positive and moving towards the things of God and walks in a great joy, you're not going to find it by looking at negative things. You have to change the way you think. You will never change your life until... We need that better. You will never change your life until you... One more time. This time like you actually mean it. You will never change your life until... You've got to change the way you think. right? You've got to change the way you look at things. You need an attitude check. Now, why is this important? Proverbs 23.7 from the New American Standard Version talks about our thought life. And it says this. It's talking about man. It says, for as he thinks within himself... So he is. 
All right? Another translation says, as a man thinks about himself in his heart, so he becomes. Now, let me just tell you, that doesn't leave women off the thing. It's talking about us in general, all right? Men, women as a woman, as a man, and all of that. And, and let me just say, that verse used to concern me when I was like a young teenager, when, I was, when my parents were making me go to church when I was a kid. And they would go, you know, whatever you think about, that's what you're becoming. And I think, I'm going to turn into a girl, <laughs> right? Because that's all I was thinking about during those days. I was just thinking about girls. No, it's talking about what you think about yourself, okay? So if you're a teenage boy, you're all right. Take a deep breath. You're going to be okay. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. All right? Attitude is so important. And I think this is an area that God's really done a great work in my heart. I, I really noticed it a couple of years ago. Vicki and I had a chance to go to Nashville for a couple of days, just kind of like a, a short getaway. And we were in Nashville. And while we were there, it was rainy. And it was cold the entire time that we were there. And we were constantly walking around, having to pull out our umbrellas, and then the wind would whip it, and your umbrella would turn inside out. You know what I'm talking about? I hate that. Right? So, you're, and, and so you're trying to get it all out. In the meantime, you're getting wet and all that, and the wind's whipping through. And there was just this icy coldness, right? Well, years ago, that would have ruined the vacation for me. Why? Because I'd have been so focused on the negatives that I couldn't enjoy the positives. It's easy to do, isn't it? Focusing on the negatives. See, even now, it can be a little bit of a struggle for me, and I have to be so careful. There's a great verse, uh, a reminder for us in the book of Psalms, chapter 118, verse 24. It says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us what? Let us rejoice and be be glad in it. Guys, this verse is a game changer. Listen, every single day that we get is a gift from God. It's a day to rejoice in. It's a day to be glad. Life is too short to be walking around bummed out all the time. It just is. That would have been a place for an amen. Amen, pastor. That's right. You preach it, boy. <laughs> right? That's, life is too short to be walking around bummed out all the time. And, and this verse really came alive in me. I remember walking around Nashville, and i got to tell you, we had the best time. Why? Because we weren't thinking about the rain and the weather and all that. We were counting our blessings. We were enjoying the fact that God gave us a couple of days just to kick around and have fun. And we had an absolute ball. We had so much fun, and we made so many great memories. I'll say it again. Life is too short to walk around bummed out all the time. Ephesians 4 22 through 24 says this, you were taught to put off your old self and to be made what? To be made new. Where? In the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We're to remove our whole self and our old self and to be made what? New. Brand new. New in the attitude of our minds. New in the way that we think. You're not going to get into a new phase of your life, a new phase where God is working and moving and all of that with the same old attitudes. You've got to say, God, take control. Help me to have the attitude that is like Christ. Your phroneo should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, your attitude. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I'm going to walk around in joy today. And I don't care if it's cold, don't care if it's raining, don't care, I don't care, I just don't care. I'm not going to let that determine my mood. 
that I'm not going to let outside things, I'm not going to let people determine my mood. See, some of you, you can wake up and be in the best mood and somebody say something wrong to you and then you're just like on fire the rest of the day. <laughs> God doesn't want that. You don't want that. So stop letting it happen. This attitude, this freneo, man, put off the old self. I'm not going to let people affect me. I'm not going to let circumstances affect me. I'm not going to let little nitpicky things slow me down. No, I'm going to walk and I'm going to rejoice in this day that the Lord has made. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you three positive decisions that I'm going to make this year, and I really think that you probably ought to make them as well. Three things, just write these down and make them your own. The first decision, number one, I will not hang out with negative people. I will not hang out with negative people, period. I am not going to do it. Now listen, I want you to understand, it doesn't mean that I won't love negative people or minister to them. I will. But I'm not inviting them into my inner circle. See the difference? All right? Now, this is very important. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It does. It does. Bad company corrupts. In other words, you become like the people you hang out with. And what your parents you, and your Sunday school teachers used to tell you when you were little, you know, birds of a feather flock together, is absolutely true. Right? If you hang out with negative people, you're going to become more and more negative. It's just going to happen. If you hang out with people who are constantly criticizing everything, you're going to find yourself becoming more and more critical. But if you hang out with people that are full of Jesus... And full of his joy, guess what? You're going to become closer to him and you're going to become more joyful. If you hang out with leaders, you're going to become better at leading. I want to hang out with people who help me stay focused on Jesus, who help me get closer to him. So the very first decision I'm making is I will not hang out with negative people. Now the second decision that I made is this, and I'm not perfect on this. God's still working in me. I'll confess it. This is a, a struggle at times, but I'm getting past it, and I'm learning how to get past it. The second one is I will not dwell on negative thoughts. I will not dwell on negative thoughts. Negative thoughts may enter my mind, but I'm not going to let them grow there. Right? I'm not going to let them set up shop. Now, this is really important. 2 Corinthians 10.5, this is my go-to verse on this. It says, we take captive, what do we take captive? Every thought. How many of our thoughts? Every thought. All right? And we do what? We make them obedient to Christ. Every single thought that comes through my head, I'm going to try to work to make it obedient to Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that negative thoughts will never come into your mind. You will have negative thoughts. They will come in. But when a thought comes into your mind, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to receive it. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says if you want to honor God, grab it, take it captive, and make it obedient to Christ. There's a great quote from Martin Luther. It's one of my favorite quotes. And if you've been around, you've heard me say it before, but I just love this quote. He says, you, can, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. <laughs> right? You're going to get negative thoughts. They're going to come into your head. I think the devil probably all day is sending you text messages. Right? Or little emails, little thoughts to bring you down. Hey, you're no good. You know, you're just, you're, you're not very smart. You're not very bright. Truth is, nobody likes you. 
You're embarrassing. You're never going to have any friends. He's sending you all these negative messages. If you get an email, a seductive email in your computer, is it your fault? No, not unless you signed up for something you shouldn't have signed up for, right? But when does that email become sin? The moment you click on it and try and follow through with it, right? You accept the invitation. Well, it's the same thing. When the enemy tempts you with a lie, the temptation itself is not sin. Do you understand? It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when you act on the temptation, when you follow through with it, right? You understand the Bible says, well, in fact, let me read it to you, Hebrews 4.15. It says, for our high priest, who's talking about Jesus, is able to understand our weaknesses because he was tempted. Jesus was tempted? Yes! Every temptation, every way that we are, yet he did not sin. So in other words, he had those temptations. They came into his mind. Jesus was tempted just like we are. The difference is he never acted on them. Which leads to the third thing that we need to talk about is that I will replace negative thoughts with God's thoughts. I will replace those negative thoughts with God's thoughts. In other words, when those negative messages start coming in, my responsibility is to delete the lie to delete it, replace it with God's truth. I don't know about you guys, but um, I get emails several hundred a day. Several hundred a day. And most of them have absolutely no interest to me. Now, if you you email me, I'll I'll look at it. But if it's not you, (laughs) I'm deleting. And I mean, I go through emails every day. Delete, 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 delete. How many of you know that's a fun part of my day? I like it. I like deleting them emails. Nope, 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 nope. And that's what you have to do with those negative thoughts and they come into your mind. Nope, (laughs) delete. But listen, I want to give you another step to that. Don't just delete it, but replace it with something better. See, when it comes to defeating the enemy, Dr. Neil, Neil Anderson puts it this way. He says, when it comes to defeating the enemy, when it comes to defeating the devil, you don't have to outshout him or outmuscle him to be free from his influence. You just have to outtruth him. I like that. Now, let me show you what I mean. When you have a thought like this, you know what? I can't do it. It's just too hard. I can't do it. It's way too hard. Remind yourself of what God says. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we're competent in ourselves to claim anything from ourselves, but our competency, our ability to do these things comes from Christ. He has made us confident minister of the new covenant. In other words, things that God is calling you to do, he will give you the competency to be able to do them. If God is calling you to something, he's going to give you the ability to do it. If God is calling you to do something, if he gives you a vision, he's going to give you the provision. He's going to give you the means. and everything. There's some of you who are sitting here and you've got a God-given dream in your life and you're not going after it because you're just afraid you can't do it. No, God is the one who makes us competent. God is the one who gives us what we need to do what we're doing. It's because of him and his strength. Maybe I can't do it on my own, but I'm not on my own. You're not on your own. We're walking with Christ, and our lives are different because of him. When Satan sends you an email and says, you know what, God doesn't love you, you say, oh, no, 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 no. 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us so that we should be called children of God. I love that. I love that word lavished. He's lavished it on us. 
God's saying, man, I don't just love you, man. I deeply love you. Every part of me loves you. That's a powerful thing. Oh, oh, God doesn't love you. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Absolutely, he does. Well, you know, when you're overcome by worry and you say, you know what, man, I just, man, I'm just, I just, I'm dealing with all this stuff and I'm just worried about it and I just can't help it. You replace your thoughts with Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't be anxious, right? Don't worry about anything. But in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, man, I'm going to take those thoughts and I'm going to let God have them. Replace the negative with the positive. When, when, when the enemy tells you, you know what, your spouse is never going to change, you just answer him and say, well, maybe God's going to change something in me. Right? When the enemy tells you, you'll always be the victim, you say, I'm not a victim, I'm a victor. I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, I'm going to replace those negative thoughts with God's thoughts. Reading on in Philippians, it says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what do we do? We think about these things. In other words, if you really want a great filter for every thought that comes through your mind, run it through this. All right, this thought that I'm having right now, is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Because if it's not, that's the only thing I'm thinking on. I'm not going to think on anything that the devil sent in me. I'm not going to think on any of that negative stuff. I'm going to take those negative thoughts and I'm going to grab them and make them captive and obedient to what Christ says. I'm going to dwell on the positive. I'm going to look on the good because I live for a good God. He, he is my God and I'm living for him. It's an attitude check. Our phroneo should be that of Christ Jesus, able to put off the old self and be made new in the attitudes of our mind. I'm going to replace those negative thoughts. You know, earlier in, in the message, I talked a little bit about some of the negative thoughts that I would have. I just want to, I want to close by giving you my renewed thoughts. Here they are. God has called me and chosen me to do what I have been uniquely equipped to do. Every week, God gives me a message and he prepares the heart of his people to hear the message that he put upon my heart. I am prepared and well-equipped to deliver his truth with passion and biblical integrity. And when I do, the spirit of the living God transforms lives. Today, destinies will be changed. Eternities will be altered. Marriages will be healed. Lives will be changed. I am a messenger of the truth of the living God. I am blessed to lay down my life to serve his bride. I am blessed. God trusted me to impart his truth with passion. It's all in your minds. It's all in your eyes. My attitude is, is becoming like that of Christ Jesus. I want you to bow your heads with me. Some of you that are here today, it's like the enemy's been bullying you right there in your mind 
in your thought process. He's been bullying you. You've been getting negative thoughts and you've been chewing on them and they've been getting bigger and bigger. And you're letting those things. I mean, don't get me wrong. Life's going to have its problems. It's going to have its issues. But you're just dwelling on all the wrong things. You're putting way too much faith in those negative thoughts and way too little faith in the God who can deliver you from those negative things. If you're here today and you say, Robert, that's me. I've been letting negativity just take over in my mind. I've been letting the enemy bully me in the area of my thoughts. Can I see your hands? Yeah, hold them up real high. Just keep them up for just a second. I want to ask you to do something. If you raised your hand, go ahead and stand to your feet for me. Stand to your feet. If you raised your hand, stand up. I know, this is scary. And everything's going to try and keep you from doing that. Now, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I want you to come up to the front because we're going to pray for you. We're going to literally lay hands on you today and pray for you. Just make a straight line across the front. And come up on stage. Just come up and just make a straight line across here as much as we can. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. really do believe that God wants to touch you today. Come in and there's a lot of room up over on this side. We're going to pray. We're going to really take, we're going we're gonna to trust God and break that power of negativity in your thought process. Just as much as you can, try and make a, squeeze a little bit closer together so that everybody can get in. So we want to be able to pray over everybody. The band's just going to play a little bit, and we're going to do that. Uh, Mark and Jen, if you guys can start on that side, I'll start over here, and we're just going to pray. Let me just say this. I've made my message a little bit shorter today because I knew that God wanted us to do this. So don't get up and leave. Matter of fact, if you're out there now and you're sitting there, would you just raise your hands and, and lift them up towards the people that are here? If there's somebody that's on your heart, you can come up and actually just lay hands on them. While they're finishing up prayer on stage, keep your heads bowed for just a moment. But maybe you're here, and one of the reasons why you've been struggling with all of this negativity is that you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. You've never invited him to be in your life. You've never given him full reign of your life. Maybe you've been around him or you've known about him, but you've never really said, I want to know you, Jesus. I want you to have control of my life. If that's you, I want to pray for you this morning. Could I just see your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you or ask you to come forward. But you say, Robert, I really need to give my life to Christ. Can I see? Thank you. Thank you for your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I want to pray a prayer with you this morning, just right where you are. Say, dear Jesus, I pray for this person that, that, that raised their hand today. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I give my life to you. I turn away from my way of doing things and I put my trust in you. And I ask you to lead me by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand for those? And I just want to say, I just want to say that if you uh, prayed that prayer this morning, please let us know. You know, take one of the blue cards, and you can just write, hey, Robert, I prayed that prayer with you. 
And if you are, are, are brand new to Christ, it's the first time you've ever prayed it, if you'll take that blue card to the welcome station in the foyer, they've got a little book called Now What? We'd love to put that in your hands. It's just a book of saying, now what do I do? <laughs> and what are the next steps to take as a new believer? Really helpful book. That's our free gift to you. We'd love for you to, to have that. I believe that with all my heart, God's blessings are running after you. God wants to do something in your life this year. He wants to set you free. I believe some of you, you're, you're going to leave this place today and you're just not going to be thinking the same way. Your thoughts, the man, they're going to be clear. You're going to be looking at things and saying, oh, no, 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 I'm not accepting that thought. That's not true. It's not lovely. It's not all those things. Man, it's not. I'm going to just accept what God says about me. You are not who others say you are. You are not who the enemy says you are. You're who God says you are. And you're going to walk in that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hey, just a couple of quick, quick things. Matter of fact, I, I want you to look up on the screens and just pray a prayer with me really quickly. Do we have it? Ethan, it starts off with, uh, God, I commit. See it? I want you to pray this prayer with me, all right? Here we go. God, I commit, come on, read it out loud with me, all right? Here we go. God, I commit to you not to hang out around those who pull me away from you with negativity. Give me the power not to dwell on negative, destructive thoughts, but to replace them with your truth. Renew my mind with the truth of your word. Help me to have the same attitude as Christ Jesus in his name I pray, amen. Listen, next Sunday, I'm not going to be here, but God is. All right? So you need to show up. And I'm going to just tell you, you're in for a treat because there's a person that, one of my favorite speakers is speaking for you next week. I would listen to this person over just about anybody that you could find on the internet or anywhere else. Pam McKinney is going to be speaking next week. And I'm excited about this message because she's speaking a message, Let There Be Light, that's based off of the, the first couple of books of the book of Genesis. Genesis means new beginnings. And we're believing God for a brand new beginning, a brand new you in this year. Trust me, you don't want to miss next Sunday. And so that's going to be happening next Sunday. Thank you for those that are going to be praying for me on my trip. Uh, because I will be gone uh, through next week. No Men's Fight Club this month. It's not... We'll pick it back up in February. And then finally, today is day eight of our 21 days of, of fasting and prayer. And I know that some of you, quite a few of you, are, are, are praying and fasting during this time. Uh, maybe you haven't made that step yet. Uh, I want to encourage you. It's not too late. Come and join us for the last couple of weeks. Because the whole idea of this is that we want to go after God. We want to get closer to Him than we've ever been in our life. And that's really our prayer. All right, I want to pray one more prayer, prayer a blessing over you as you go. If you would, just raise your hands. Father, thank you for every person that's here. I pray that you would bless them, pour your spirit out upon them in Jesus' name. Give them wisdom in all that they do, that they would walk in wisdom according to your word. Let your anointing be on their life. I pray, Father, that you would give them favor in the eyes of people that they come in contact with. And Lord, I pray that you would give them divine opportunities to tell other people the story of what you've done in their life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.